Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. I'm really excited once again to be joined by Olga and Juan Carlos, who are with SheNix. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first part of their episode, it's really some really good stuff there. So you want to make sure and you go back and you listen to part one here in season six. But we're going to pick up and we're going to talk about more about financial literacy, what that means, and especially what that means for the uh, minority communities in general. But um, we'll talk Latinx communities especially. Um, And so Juan Carlos, Olga, I want to thank you both for joining me once again. So happy to be back. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, We talked a lot in the first episode about family, about um, just resources and and knowing them and and having them and the difference that that makes, the difference that stability makes. And so we talked a lot a bit about that, kind of laid the foundation for why you do what you do. We want to get more into the what now. And so, uh, Olga, first, I, I do want to start with this question of for you being female and and stepping into the financial community uh, into financial work what did that look like for you were you at all you know worried or or did you think about you know what you were going to have to do to sort of rise above um maybe your male counterparts or, or what was that like for you when you first started wanting to be a part of the finance industry sure so I knew that I wanted to go into um, into finance uh, when I got out of when I graduated from uh, the University of Illinois at Chicago with my business degree, and I started off um, by just going in and being open minded, not really knowing at that time I was I was like in my twenties, early twenties, and I just didn't know what I didn't know at the time about the financial industry. Uh, I mean, I, I had notions, right, of how it worked, but to actually have said, this is what I want to go do within it, I, I didn't know at the time. So I went in there with a very open mind and mm. knowing that um, I was going to learn a lot. And the more that I worked within it, uh, first as a, um, I was on the commodities desk uh, and, and was a senior news assistant overseeing two other individuals. Um, when I first started uh, here in Chicago within the financial industry. And I remember just learning a lot, a lot of like repetitive work, but I started becoming more and more acquainted uh, with some of the reports that were coming out on some of, on some of these uh, on the commodities desk. And, um, and then it got so good that I, again, became, started overseeing two other news assistants. And I, I realized um, that, that was a good starting point and that I had done that, but that that was not going to be where I was, that that would not be sort of like my long-term sort of like career. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I think what I, what I knew was like, I need to go and explore all these different areas within the financial industry to see what I want to do. Okay. And so next, next stop was at a bank at a global bank. Um, and I worked in the corporate economics group and there I was, the production editor for a um, for a uh, uh, economic uh, you know just newsletter that was going out to global clients and working under uh, a, 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 a world renowned for sure uh, economist and so 
I, I learned, I was there, I worked with her under her for about like 10 years and um, got to develop a little bit better understanding of what economics meant, uh, you know, just brilliant woman. And I basically, uh, you know, started off as her, uh, you know, employee, then she became my mentor, then my champion, mm -hmm. and then my admirer, right? Because eventually I moved on and she was always very supportive. But yeah. I, I did understand that, you know, economics plays, uh, obviously, if you don't understand what's going on around you, you don't know what the next steps should be for you. Un again, unless you're paying attention, right? Yeah, and no one yeah. really gets it completely right, but at least you have a general sense of what you should be doing within different economic environments. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, what does this mean? Am I going to be an economist? And then I said, no, I'm not going to be an economist. So again, uh, this was my second sort of like uh, stop in what I was doing, had been doing for about 10 years. And then I realized, um, you know, working um, for this, after that, I moved on to a more like medium-sized firm uh, mm -hmm. here in Chicago. And that's where actually um, I started to, I, I was asked to do, um, lead the uh, Hispanic initiatives for that financial firm. And what that really meant was, how do you bring in? How do you how do you start creating more of a, an understanding of what this firm does or can do for the Hispanic community, right? Mm. And so that was uh, interesting because I had to learn a little bit more about what the firm did and where there were some natural matches uh, to go out to the Latino community and be able to say, hey, we can do this for the Latino community, and this is who I am, and introducing myself and so forth, and. Also sort of um, understanding who within that firm had, I'm going to say this because I've always felt this way, um, was the kind of person that would not just go and work with the Latino community, but also give back to the mm. Latino community. I have always felt that um, it should be a two-way street. It should not just be a one-way street in terms of who gets to benefit from a relationship. Uh, I apply that everywhere in my life, like or all around. Um, and I and I felt that, um, you know, that was that was something that I continued to to live by and have been living by for a while. Um, but it was during that time at that medium sized firm that I was also on the board of the Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement. Juan Carlos was there as well. And he was actually the chair and I was the board member. We got to meet and. Uh, we were able to connect and then he ended up moving over to this firm and I had already, I knew already before I connected with him that I wanted to go into investment advising, right? And really be able to do um, a good job for our Latinx community. And what that looked like, uh, I still had to determine, but I think I eventually decided that the biggest thing that I could ever do was to go into becoming not just a financial advisor, but a financial educator. Mm. And, and if I was able to help someone um, get them on, on track to become retirement ready, getting, getting more um, confident that they were going to be okay at the end, then, then that I would have fulfilled my overall mission and job. Yeah. And so when I met Juan Carlos, um, I knew that because of what he had already done and his openness and his willingness and also desire to make a difference in the community, that uh, we would be a good team. Mm. And that's how we teamed up.
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Juan Carlos, why, why don't you give us your story of uh, how you got into the financial industry and sort of what that looked like for you in the early days? Sure. I just, um, for me, I, I came out of uh, University of Wisconsin in Madison with a, a BS in, in economics, a Bachelor of Science in economics and moved to Chicago and was doing a recession in the early 90s and and just really just kind of hit the pavement looking at whether I was going to go into you know insurance or real estate or financial advisory. And so just kind of um, my first big opportunity was with Merrill Lynch and, and um, you know, in a, in a very difficult economic environment. So I got into the training program there. But, it, you know, uh, it was really about about getting out there and building out my network and and and, and offering our, our services and solutions to, to clients and and not knowing anyone and not coming from, uh, you know, the North Shore or from a family with money or anything like that it was really yeah. just kind of hustling out there and and. Um, and making the phone calls and, and, and connecting with people and then, and then developing those relationships. But that most definitely, uh, you know, and I was at a big firm at Merrill Lynch and, and you know, the entire time, you know, in, in, you know, in my office and, and even in the Chicago area where there might have, may have been might have been like 300 advisors. Um, I, I rarely, if ever, ran into another um, Latino or Hispanic financial advisor within within our area. Um, Definitely not in my office, which had at least you know fifty advisors. And when I looked around, you know, if I if I looked for Latinas, um, you know, then and Latinos, most of the Latinas and Latinas were in administrative positions with within the firm, right? Mm. So it's really kind of like focusing on you know building out um, uh, my book of business. And then when I transitioned over to to work, um, you know, to where Olga and I uh, began working together. Again, it was really just Olga and myself, and there was maybe one other senior person within the whole firm of, of you know, of uh, you know, three, two or three thousand people that 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 were Latino there, right? So, um, you know, but then through organizations like ASA, the Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement, then you're able to broaden your network and then find other people like yourself who are out there, and I think. You know, for a lot of individuals within that type of framework where you might be the only Latino or Latina in the room, you know, it's it's kind of getting past that, you know, imposter syndrome or I don't belong here to saying like, no, I've done the work. I'm here on my on my, on my merits and I belong in this room and I belong at the table. Right. And then making yeah. sure you use that voice because you might be the only one at the table. Right. And, and, yeah, yeah. and you've got to you've got to be the one who's speaking up. For your community and 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 so um and there's challenges in getting to that point to get to to you know having that confidence and that security especially culturally where maybe we were raised and i know for myself i can speak for myself where it was okay you're going to work hard you're going to be really smart and intelligent but you're not going to rock the boat right and you're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna work hard and that's going to be recognized which isn't always the case right so you have to be an advocate for yourself and i think that would be the other main thing is like not that you have to rock the vote, boat, but you have to raise your hand and you have to be heard and you have to stand up for yourself and you have to be yeah. your, your own advocate because no one else will, will do it. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah that's my, my journey in, in the financial services industry. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, as I was hearing both of you share, I think there's this common interest of, of you know, wanting to make something greater than either one of you is individually. Um, but I think there's a lot of people, I assume there's a lot of people out there who have thought this because I know I did for quite some time who thought that retirement planning or financial investment or financial planning is really only for people who have money to worry about. Like if, if I'm not rich, if, I, if my family doesn't have money, 
you know, if they're not going to be fighting over my stuff at the end of my life, I don't need to worry about all that stuff because that's for rich people. I'm just going to do what I need to do to, to take care of myself and my family and worry about that all later. But what I've learned um, from hearing, not just from, from the two of you, but from previous guests as well, is that everyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter your family situation, everyone needs to be concerned about financial planning and financial investment. Um, and especially if your company, because there are companies from, you know, every organization to even companies like, I, I think even McDonald's like has 401ks, some kind of 401k offering, but there's a lot of companies out there who you might not, may not even know that offer some sort of retirement benefits. And so, um, Olga, I'd like for you to share with us. Who needs to worry about financial planning? Who is financial planning for? I mean, everyone needs to worry about it. <laughs> if you haven't started it and you're, you know, uh, you know, later in life, you're, you're older, uh, I would say, you know, you can still do something about it, um, at least to uh, not get to a point where uh, you're no longer able to do something about it. You know, retirement is um, is a time when you should be, you know, trying to, you know, obviously be comfortable and not stressing because you don't know how you're going to pay for things. Um, that's that's not that's not a situation that anyone wants to be in. Um, I would say that, um, you know, if you if if the people that I think can make the best, uh, I guess, investment in terms of like getting people into retirement are employers. Mm -hmm. And when I look at our community and especially like how many businesses um, are being opened up by Latinos and Latinas, especially Latinas, um, who are opening it up, opening up businesses like seven times faster than any other group in the United States. Um, I think about those are the opportunities to really decide what you want to do for yourself for retirement. And if you have employees for your workforce mm -hmm. and it doesn't get, look, if you're going to try to do this on your own, because you think you can do it on your own, it's going to be complicated. I am going to say yeah. that because it gets yeah. confusing and you must have some ongoing monitoring of, of what you're doing. And you do also have to be, make sure that you are compliant with everything that you're doing. So yeah. you do guidance. There's no mistake there. There is no mistake there. You need guidance, okay, by people that do it on a daily basis. Now, if you don't, if you're not employed uh, by anyone, and you're just doing like your own thing at home or whatnot, like in terms of being a contractor, also make sure that you are uh, putting away monies for yourself. I don't care if it's into the bank account. I don't care if that's all you're doing. Um, but just know that whatever you're earning right now on an annual basis in order to sort of like keep that lifestyle in your retirement, you're going to need about about 80%, 70 to 80% mm. of what you're making right now in retirement per wow. year, per year. Wow. So yeah. for women, um, you will probably be in retirement for about close to 30 years. For men, they have you know lower lifespans, so 27 years. And it's, it's the same deal. So um, everybody should know how they're going to be living their later years in life. Yeah. I don't think I've really thought about that before, but when you just said it, it really 
stuck out to me. It's like 30 years. It's a long time. It's a yeah. long time to think about you may not be working for 30 years of your life and to need 80% of your annual income to maintain your lifestyle. That That's when you when you say it like that, it's like, wow, I really need to be concerned about what I'm doing to prepare for that time in my life. And the best time to do that is obviously when, you know, the younger you are, the better it is. But the best time exactly. to do it, if you're not doing it, is today. And there's that catch 22 that you brought up, up initially. It was like, why do I need to save for 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 retirement if that's for someone who has money? But like the the way that you're going to have money is by thinking about it now. Right. So so yeah. you know, let's let's go out there and let's create wealth. So we're such we're so good at working. We're so good at being entrepreneurs as, as a community. Let's let's be good about about, you know, paying ourselves. Right. And, and you know, if and and to your point that 30 years at the end, well, if we got 40 years to work to get to that point, you know, from age 21 to like the, the first, you know, your normal Social Security is age 67. Right. So you talk about that. That's 45 plus years of savings. If you're 21 years old and you're saving three percent of your of what you make. So let's say you're making 50,000, you're saving 1500 a year and your company's matching that, you know, by the, by the time you get to say 67, you know, and, and you continue to save 3% a year. And if you're getting that 3%, that match from your company, you'll have over a million dollars in, in your mm -hmm. retirement account. So between that nest egg um, and, and social security, you know, you should be in a position to have options, right. And to, to when you, when you reach retirement, to be able to do the things that you want to do. And that's called the power of, of compounding, right? The power of, of, of having time on your side. It's a much different situation if someone's 55 and they only got 10 to 12 years to save for retirement, or if you're 45 yeah. and you have 25 years. So, you know, to your point, that's where, you know, young people, the, the, and anyone will tell you, right, is, is the greatest asset that you have on, uh, and on your side is time. So, yeah. so you have time, um, you know, to, to power your savings, to power your investments. Yeah. Right. I, I, I just want to say that these are some of the topics that we cover uh, with our with with the Sheenix, uh well online. We're actually trying to ensure that people are in the know of mm. what they should be concerning themselves with right now. I know they're like, oh, my gosh, one more thing, one more thing that's going to make a difference for yourself in the future. Right. Yeah. And so. Um, if you're going to be juggling anything else, another uh, responsibility, like not that you really need another responsibility, but um, that you something that you need to be concerned about. It's this. And, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm going to just I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, say this now, it's, you know, 2023. Let that year let the year be this year be where you are going to be making strides towards that. And. Yeah. Again, you don't have to have like all this money to get started. You just, you start with small steps and everybody can take small steps. I know that. Yeah. That's one thing yeah. I do know about people. Um, so getting that education out um, in terms of, um, you know, what you need for retirement. But even, even, even before you get to retirement, like understanding an emergency fund, right? Yeah. Getting, making sure that people have it in place. You know, the pandemic is at bay. It's not over. Right. Certain areas are still like seeing, you know, you're mm -hmm. seeing spikes still, but at the same time, it's like, you got to start thinking, okay, what did we learn before? Right. Yeah. What did we learn? Um, and, you know, in, in 2020 and 2021, 
But we learned that if we're not prepared, you know, and what if, you know, that things, things can get very bad for us. So we need to start an emergency fund. And that's the other thing too, that uh, our community needs to be uh, more educated on, right? Because um, you think you, well, I'll be a fine. I've got a job. Yeah. But what if you don't have a job, right? Like a lot of people got laid off, right? Yeah. Right. Latinas and, and, you know, Latinas were some of the first ones out uh, when that happened. And that was income that by the way, Mm. even though it was, um, a lot of them are suffering like the Latina equal, like you've heard of Latina equal payday. So it's like unequal pay. Yeah. That income still made a big difference at the house. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and so understanding that, you know, you just have to be more proactive. You can't, you can't rest in terms of like, Oh, we're done with the pandemic. No, or it's at bay and that we're, I'm not going to, it's not going to affect me. I know I, I've heard it all over. Uh, that, you know, we're all sick of the COVID, we're all sick of hearing it. But the truth of the matter is, it could be that, or it could be something else, yeah. right? Yeah. And and we just need to be prepared. We just need to be smarter as we come out of this, out of this crisis that we were just, that we we're, you know, we're trying to come out of. Um, right. So I would say um, that's important. The other thing that we also learned from the pandemic, right? Life insurance. And again, we can bring in the experts to talk to people about life insurance, right? And the importance of getting even just the cheapest kind, which is the term life insurance. Yeah. Be prepared. Well, what happened when people were passing were, were passing away? Um, families didn't have money to even bury them, right? And um, and that was really sad. And so we need to be more proactive on that too. So there are some core things financially that people all people have to be concerned about yeah and it's about not just how you're going to end up living in your in your later years in life also about what happens if an emergency comes up and what happens if you are not around especially as the breadwinner how do you ensure that your family is is okay right so these are some of the things that 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 we talk about um Mm. that we'll be talking about during our webinars and through our videos uh, with Sheenix so that people can be informed. Uh, you know, we're going to start actually bringing in our experts um, so that the video, there's going to be a video library on the, on the website. You guys can just go on there um, and just, if you're at three o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep. You want to learn about something, you go on there, mm-hmm. pick yeah. the topic, you listen to it. Now you're falling asleep. We ha- yeah. We're happy we, we helped. Um, but anyway, it, it's that. And, and, you know, when we talk also even about like portfolios, when we talk about sometimes portfolios that um, where you are looking at it, you're like, okay, this is not ideal where I want to be, especially if you're a woman, a Latina woman. Again, let's go back to why can't I put in more monies into my retirement program? Well, it could be because, you know, you're not really getting a fair deal with your salary to begin with, right? Yeah. And so if you don't have enough of that, if you don't have 100% of that salary, how can you, Mm. if you're supposed to be putting away at least 10 to 15% of your salary into these portfolios, well, if you don't have 100% of the salary, you only got like 47 to whatever, 47% of it to like 57% of it salary-wise, depending if you're like full-time or part-time and heavily discounted salary, it's hard for you to put that away. Yeah. So- we also have 
um, through Shenix um, and in partnership with Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement, opportunities for a Latina to actually negotiate, help negotiate your salary. There's different resources that ASI brings to the table. There's professional coaches also that can not that can help you also, like once you get the job, you get the salary you're supposed to get. Now you're going to also be helped with, hey, at work, when I talk to my manager, my supervisor, hey, you know, I'm here, but I want to be in that next level in a year or, ne- or in the next two years, like my, like the rest of the people that are coming in with me, yeah. right? I'm not going to yeah. be left behind. I want to yeah. go, I want to continue to ascend as well. And yeah. that's very important because that's going to make a huge difference also uh, in terms of, you know, your continued learning, your continued success, progression, and getting into those leadership positions, right? That you yeah. need to be. Yeah. I, I was thinking about this while you were sharing because it really seems like one of those things where you, if you fly, you get in the airplane, they go through their safety check and they say, you know, if we lose oxygen, you know, the mask will come down, put your mask on before you put on the mask of your children or, you know, people who need help. And it's really, it seems like this is a very similar situation where it's like, if you don't take care of yourself, and your financial future, yes, you always want to take care of your family, but you're not going to be able to do that if you don't take care of yourself first. If you're not in a situation where you can, you know, feed yourself, house yourself, do all those things. And and this is a situation that unfortunately a lot of the minority community finds themselves in because of the issues that we've talked about previously, where it's like when you're just trying to take care of your basic needs, you're never going to get to that point to where you can you know, set your children up for all those things and thrive in life and, and, and such. But but with financial planning, it really seems to be one of those things where you're taking care of yourself and your future first so that you can then take care of your family, your children, your grandchildren, and so on and so forth, your community really well later in life. And it shouldn't really be like a, a basic life skills that we're really not taught, right, when we're younger yeah. You know, in, in school, it's, it's very basic, rudimentary, you know, teachings, if we receive any at all, kind of growing up, you know, definitely not at home and, and, and not, at, not at school either. So, um, yeah, what you're talking about, it's, it's this, you know, this aha moment, right, of being like, wow, this is something that, you know, you really need to look at. And it's a skill that's hugely important. It's going to impact, you know, the rest of my life. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. The one thing that I will say is that, you know, as Juan mentioned, and we all know this, I mean, we, we all work hard. Um, we bring we bring our money home, take home pay. And then, uh, but you know what? I, I have actually started to realize that we're really hard workers and we earn our, in our, we earn our money. And the one thing we're not good at is really spending it. <laughs> like, I don't know who knows that. I, I think I, that's a skill set. That yeah, is a skill yeah, yeah. set you know, knowing what to do with that money. Um, there are, you know, special circumstances. I, I get that. Hey, it's, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying like, as a general rule, we should know what we're doing with our money. And I yeah. think that one of the biggest things that we don't grow up with is understanding what a budget is. Yeah. Simple, something as simple as a budget. Everybody knows, oh yeah, a budget, a budget, but have you gone through it? Have you mm-hmm. done it? Right. Have you actually gone through that exercise? So sometimes people don't know how to go through that exercise. So when, so what we did for Shenix is we decided, listen, 
come on in, do an intake form. Let us understand what you have needs for. And there's like a little survey, intake survey. And you enter your uh, the salary, your annual salary. And then at the very end of the, of the, for completing the survey, you get a suggested budget based on that salary, mm. right? And so at the end, it's like, you can take it at the end. It's, a, you know, it gets emailed to you and it gets, and you can print it out from your computer since you're done. And then I want to, I want to challenge you to do the math yeah. and see if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing with that money. We have wow. a couple of tips on that survey at the end too, and say, okay, this is what you should be doing. This is what you should be expecting. And that's just the start of it. It's just, it's just something to get you started. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But a lot of people will be like, oh my gosh, I was spending so much in entertainment and I wasn't putting yeah. enough towards savings for my retirement. And so people learn a lot about themselves through that. You've got to share it with nobody, but you have to look at it. You know, yeah. and again, don't be afraid to look. I, I I can't stress that enough when I tell people, like, go on to Social Security Administration website. Make sure you are, uh, you know, you, you, you register, you look to see what you have coming from Social Security, if you have a benefit coming. And don't be scared, right? Because I think that the, that the earlier you look on, the more in control you are yeah. uh, in terms of, like, being able to do something about it and planning for it. Planning, yeah. planning, planning is so important. Yeah. We've talked um, about a few things that Sheenix does, but I do want to give you an opportunity to tell us, you know, what it is and who can use it, if, if you can share that with us. Sure. So Sheenix is a, uh, is a uh, website-based app at this point. And what it is, um, the address is Sheenix, S-H-E-N-I-X dot A-P-P. That's the website. And what you need to do is um, go there so that you can start learning more about yourself and understanding what are some of the items that we will be, um, what are the offerings are. So number one, it's about three things that it offers. Sheenix is basically... Um, who it's for, listen, we're focusing on Latinas because Latinas are the ones that are primarily overlooked in the fintech apps that exist out there. Those Latinas are not the ones that are being um, addressed. They're not, they're not being addressed. And so we felt, especially after, you know, uh, the or during the pandemic that they were just going to be in, 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 um, in, we needed to, we needed to, um, I guess, reactivate. That's what yeah. it is. Reactivate yeah. them. But we wanted to reactivate them, not to go back to how, you know, they were before the pandemic or during, you know, before the pandemic. We wanted them to be more proactive. Let's let's go get yourself. Let's start off with getting yourself like a job first. So here's Ase coming in, uh, bridging in to be able to say, hey, th these are the job postings that are available. Uh, mm -hmm. Using Ase to be able to say, hey, if um, you need um, help negotiating your salary, here are some resources. Mm -hmm. um, hey, um, you know, uh, make sure also through these leadership development programs that once you get to the uh, into the position that you want, and again, you're having those conversations with that supervisor manager about your continued um, ascendancy within the within the organization. So <clears throat> the other thing then that we said was, okay, we're just following sort of like a little trip here. Then we said, okay, now that you're in, 
here's what you should be saving for retirement, right? Whether that be 10, 15%, um, you know, that's something that, you know, that's the goal, right? Maybe you might yeah. not do it right off the bat, but we will have to eventually help you escalate and get to that 10 or 15% that you need for retirement on an annual basis, right? Savings. Um, and then the other thing was, okay, now maybe they want to buy a house. Okay, let's get you into how you're going to prime yourself mm -hmm. to get to be able to buy that house, right? Okay, yeah. now you want to save for education. Okay, here's here's how this is going to happen. So this would all be done through, um, again, bringing in experts as, as appropriate through uh, videos and whatnot to follow that journey. And you decide what you want to listen to because maybe you already passed a certain point of, of, of the journey, but you need to be at a certain, you need to listen to the next phase. So that will be available. Um, mm. The other thing too is, protecting your loved ones, bringing in someone can talk to you about like, okay, again, life insurance, whatever you need to learn about. There's nothing that, you know, on there that, that we're providing on there that does, is not going to help you in your life's journey. Right. And then also um, eventually bring in someone also to help you with like, okay, so who, who are going to be my beneficiaries? Who are going to be my heirs, right? Bringing in the appropriate individual so that they can talk to, they can talk, talk to you, give you a high level understanding of, this is how you transfer that wealth, right? Yeah. In the yeah. most tax efficient way, right? Yeah. And so it's 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 those things that we're that we are we're going to be imparting information that again follows a Latina's journey. Now let me tell you this: the secret is it's all going not a secret, but it, it's mm -hmm. going to be all in English, right? So anybody can come on here, and I, I just have to say, look, if we don't focus on the group that typically gets yeah. largely overlooked, right? Then we can then be anyone, if we if we start with that group, then anyone, right, can really jump in and start taking advantage of Sheenix as well. Yeah. I, I gotta yeah. tell you, this information is really good universal information. And also yeah. OSPE, even even though it's called the Hispanic Alliance for Career Enhancement, it also has a total market arm. So mm. we we service everyone. It's just that I think for the purposes of the impact and, that we're trying to make, um, we really want to say to everyone, we're focusing on Latinas and you're welcome to join us. Yeah. Yeah. I just think about how incredible families will be in the future when the females in the families are financially intelligent and when they're no longer overlooked and when they're no longer underpaid. I mean, if if the, if you don't get excited about the the impact that will have and and what that can do when when females are are financially literate, I think it's like with everything that they do in the house already and with everything that they do at work already, when you add on a component of financial literacy, I mean, it, it blows the roof off of the possibilities for families of what can the future look like. I mean, it, it's really, and, really and you're talking endless. and you're talking, about, you're talking about families, you're talking about communities, but you're also talking about, you know, the future of the U.S. economy, because that's yeah. that when we yeah. look at at Latinos and the demographics and how our communities are growing and the fact that the women in our communities are the ones who are really driving the, the economic growth and the, the spend and, and the investment decisions. That's, you know, you know, we look at a, a solution, you know, a possible 
huge contributor to the economy going forward, which is struggling right now, is going to be empowering and educa- educating Latinas around financial literacy and financial education. So, yeah, um, yeah it's tremendous. Right. And, and the one thing that I will say is that our Latinas are supposed to um, comprise uh, about close to like 10% by 2028, I believe. And when you think about more Latinas entering the workforce, if it's going to be at the same levels, current levels of pay, the discounted salary, that's not going to move the needle Yeah. for families, yeah. not their families. Yeah. And how much is that still going to continue to impact the next generation, right? Their kids that can't get access to college because, or feel that they can't go because they're not earning the right salary. Yeah. That, that, I mean, that affects nutrition at the kitchen table. It affects also education and anything else that they want to achieve, like for their family. Yeah. So we can't, if we know where the trends are going, if we know that Latinos will comprise more and more of the workforce population, like, no, we, we can't allow that anymore. So that's why Shenix is stepping in at this point. We're stepping yeah. in because we feel that we need to educate ourselves. We can't just rely on employers to do this for us. We need to take responsibility for ourselves. Again, I told you uh, about my personal family's you know, economic suffering, financial suffering growing up. And that's because people like myself and Juan Carlos weren't around. So yeah. we're around now. Yeah. And we cannot allow for more people to go through what we went through when we know that they shouldn't be going through it because the information is out there. We're out there y hablamos español and we speak Spanish. Yeah. So there's no reason why people have to suffer through that. Just, mm-hmm. you know, there's other things that you probably won't have control over, right? Externalities that you just don't have control over. And we're all going to probably, you know, have to suffer that. But not this, yeah. not yeah. this, no yeah. more. Yeah, and I think that Illinois is really seeing that. I know they're, they started the um, Guaranteed Income Program where we see that sometimes the answer is cash. People need that cash to be able to invest in themselves and each other, families, communities, society. And, um, and I think to your point, you know, if we're asking people to think about their retirement and to invest in their future and they're investing... 50% of what other people are making, you, they're only going to be able to do so much. But if they get to make 100% of what their colleagues are making to do the same work, now we're saying, okay, now you can actually reasonably invest that money and you know, you can live that dream that should be a reality, should be attainable for more people. And I think that your point is very well taken where yeah, we can say you need to save 10% of your annual income or you need to save whatever percent you know you want to save. But if you're saving 10% of 50%, that's way less than 10% of 100%. Right. You got it. Yeah, and that and that's where we need to make sure that people understand that math. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as simply as you know, explained in simple terms yeah. so that people understand, I understand now this 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 situation this problem and why we need to solve this problem yeah right so 
if if everybody is not starting at the same start line, yeah, right, then we're not running the same race, right? And there should right. be only one, you know, one one, one race that we're all going to be running. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I love the way that you laid out Sheenix as an organization and and the web-based app because I think that it makes it so accessible. It takes some of the, hopefully it takes some of the scary parts away from people and they say, the, the reality is if you're sitting here and you're, you've been listening, you say, I'm not doing anything about my financial future right now. Now I know I need to, I still don't know what I need to do or how I'm gonna do it. But now hopefully you know there is a place you can go to at least just talk to someone, listen to people who have been in your shoes before and, and to say like, start at, zero and just take that first step. I think for a lot of people, the first step is going to be visiting sheenix.app, S-H-E-N-I-X.app and asking the questions that you have to someone who speaks your language and, uh, and has been there who gets it. And I think that's going to be super helpful for a lot of people. So thank you so much for sharing that with us today. Thank you both. Um, Olga and Juan Carlos for being with us and for giving so much of your time because it's been really good and we really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you it's for the opportunity. Yeah, great. Thanks so much. Uh, and we want to thank our listeners. Again, if you want to visit Sheenix and ask your questions or get some answers, uh, you can visit shenix.app. App. Uh, you can also visit www.bridgingchicago.com to listen to this episode and episode one and all of our past seasons. You can also visit us on LinkedIn and Facebook, or you can visit us on Twitter and Instagram where our handle is at Bridging Chicago, and you can get all the information on where to follow Sheenix um, on any of those places as well. So thanks again for listening, and we thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts, under certain conditions, and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including, but not limited to, or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.